the kill, and Warner wins the set. Fade away by Moores. In play with Craig Maddock, made possible by the exclusive support of Lake Area Technical College. It is you. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Our In Play podcasts feature the great athletes and coaches, administrators, the teams, the issues of South Dakota high school sports. Our guest today, involved with over 40 years of teaching and coaching and being an administrator. Plus, I don't know anybody else who's in seven Hall of Fames. Seven! <laughs> No organized sports for her when she was in high school. Graduate of Canton High School, South Dakota. Graduate of SDSU. She became a teacher and a coach at Sioux Falls Lincoln. And only one year of competitive gymnastics at SDSU. But at 21 and her first year as a high school teacher, she was the boys and girls gymnastics coach at Lincoln. Coached gymnastics for 19 years and became the athletic director at Lincoln as well. Longtime coach, administrator, and now retired, Lolly Forseth of Sioux Falls joins us on In Play. Lolly, thanks for the time today. Thanks, Craig, for inviting me to visit with you. And um, I'm excited to hear what you have to ask. And hope I, hopefully I can give you some insight into a little bit of what happened in my career. Here's one. Uh, girls athletics in the 60s at Canton. What was it like? Uh, there were no athletics in uh, Canton, or I don't think there were. Uh, there was really any athletic program in any high school. Uh, in the I was in Canton High School from I graduated in 1965, and uh, what we did have was uh, I guess you would call them play days. What we would call them at Canton anyway. Uh, at the end of each school year, you would have a uh, organized some sort of track event out in the back of the school and everybody could sign up for so many events and, and do that. But it was just for fun. Um, we just, we had some intramural sports, uh, that was basketball and, uh, we go in the gym and shoot some baskets. And of course we only lived about nine miles from the Iowa border. And we always heard so much about Iowa basketball and that's mm-hmm. when they were playing the, uh, six person basketball, mm-hmm. three forwards, three guards. And, but at least it was competition. It was something we envied and we heard about. Uh, but other than that, we just had some play days. We really didn't know what we were missing out on because when you've never done it, you don't know what you've missed. So <laughs> it was just, you know, something that you wanted to do. I was fortunate. I grew up in a family that centered their whole life around athletics. And uh, my father was a a phenomenal athlete in high school himself. He came out of Montana and my brother was a great athlete. And so I knew at an early age, I always wanted to be a part of, of athletics somehow. So my true dream was to become a physical education teacher and a coach. And uh, I started from there and uh, got involved with, with the athletics in the South Dakota state, but that's about my background in high school. There wasn't much other than dreaming. <laughs> Did you play football or basketball with the boys, uh, with your brother? Oh, no. I played basketball with the boys in the backyard. My dad always built a, <laughs> uh, a cement slab and the um, put a basketball hoop up, and 
I'd shoot around with the boys out in the backyard all the time until they'd get tired of me and kick me out. But. <laughs> um, yeah. Your first taste, though, of gymnastics was at SDSU. Why gymnastics? Well, I've always had a, a fine arts background. I did have some uh, dance lessons, private da- dance lessons before I went to college. And uh, so I got involved in the fine arts in the the dance program and the gymnastics. And I also had done some tumbling mm-hmm. in high school. And that was when we talked to first year teacher. His name was Joe McMacken. He right out of college and he was first year teacher at Canton. And he, of course, was coaching uh, all of the boys sports, but he was kind enough to start a tumbling team. So with him being in attendance with us, we started about a 10 person tumbling team and did some pretty basic tumbling and mostly pyramids and diving and stuff. I'd never encourage my kids to do now, but (laughs) it was fun. So uh, kind of played around with that. So when I went to college, naturally gymnastics was the field I was interested in. And you did it for one uh, year, right? At SDSU? Yeah, I did it for one year and, uh, and I did dance all four years, but um, I was also, I was very involved in cheerleading and that had a lot of gymnastics to it the level at SDSU. And so when you were, there were only eight cheerleaders at SDSU. So we cheered for all football and all basketball. And uh, it was a great experience, but by, with doing that, I had, I couldn't do both. And I loved the opportunities of Jim Marking was our basketball coach. And he, he had the cheerleaders travel to all of the out of, out of state games and everywhere we went. And I had a lot of, travel experiences that I had never had the opportunity before. So I guess that was a choice I did. I don't regret it. I had the three years of cheerleading and, and a lot of gymnastics experience with that, but, and a lot of dance. Were you good at gymnastics? Did you, did you think I, you were okay? I, or? No, I was, <laughs> no, I was just average. I was not great. If I was great, I probably would have been on the team full time. And, uh, but you know, again, the the, se- the season wasn't that there weren't that many meets and but no I can I will not say I was a great gymnast <laughs> by any means by any means but I loved the sport yeah. and I loved the discipline it took so it was just ingrained in my brain I just loved it it was 1969 you graduate from SDSU and how did you convince Sioux Falls Lincoln to hire you as a teacher and to be the boys and girls gymnastics coach? Well, that's a, Pete Torino was our gymnastics coach at SDSU. And even though I only competed one year, he, he was very supportive of me and, um, and how motivated I was. And my dance instructor, Marilyn Richardson also, and both of them spoke, uh, quite highly of me. And that was very nice. And it, it was, in fact, I didn't even know that um, the Sioux Falls school district had contacted SDSU and had asked for a name of someone that could come and become their uh, gymnastics coach at Lincoln. And that's um, 21 years old. <laughs> yeah. Their, um, their coach was moving out of state and the gymnastics program was quite large there at the time at Lincoln. And uh, so they had asked uh, Pete Trino and he said, well, first of all, 
I think the best thing going for me was, I think I was the only one graduating with any gymnastics background. (laughs) (laughs) You had the heads up on everybody. (laughs) But secondly, he also knew that whatever I decided to do, I would work very hard at. So um, actually, SDSU contacted me and uh, asked if I would interview for the position. So I interviewed for the job and ended, I don't know if stuff like that happens nowadays, but ended up the interview, uh, and I was, it was before I had even student taught yet, and uh, they said, once you have graduated, we're going to sign an intent to sign a contract Hmm. once you graduate. So that's what happened. Then I went and student taught. I asked, requested SDSU if I could go out to Rapid City to do my student teaching because they at that time had one of the strongest gymnastics programs in the state. And I, I wanted to go out there real bad. And uh, that wasn't, that was frowned upon because they had never sent um, a student teacher out to, out to Rapid Mm. City before. Mm. And uh, I, I just was heartbroken and Jim Marking jumped on the bandwagon for me. And he said, listen, folks, he said, I go out there frequently to recruit basketball players. I will go out and do her evaluations as she's student teaching out there. So, I mean, that's, I guess there's, I I forgot about all that stuff, but yes, that's how that worked. And I was able to go out. I uh, went out there and student taught, stayed with a fellow cheerleaders family when I student taught and then came back and uh, graduated June 1st. Got married June 21st and started teaching that August. (laughs) What did you teach, by the way? Uh, Physical education out there. And I did uh, did nine weeks in the elementary, then into the middle school at South Junior High, and then Central High School when it was just one high school. Mm -hmm. So... So 19 years eventually as a gymnastics coach at Lincoln and uh, and at Sioux Falls, Washington, right? I mean, yes. uh, four, seven, four state, seven state titles at Lincoln, um, mm-hmm. and you had four titles at Washington? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With with little background in gymnastics, how did how did you do it? How, how, how come you were so successful? Um, well, I, I knew the skills. Um, didn't mean I could do them. But I knew the skills, and I spent I spent a lot of time in books at night, <laughs> and especially with boys because when I started, I was also the head boys coach, and our boys season was larger than our girls season. We had more meets for boys than girls, and uh, you know, on a lot of events like the bars and on um, the high bar, and the parallel bars, you can relate a lot of the kipping moves and things like that but you like the rings that was a whole other thing (laughs) so yeah I was spending a lot of time uh you know reading and studying and staying up late (laughs) was there a gymnastics coaching mentor that you talked with a lot as you were a coach whether it was the first year or your last year of gymnastics um no um well Pete Trino, I would, and uh, Cliff Hammers was over at Washington High, and I did talk to him quite a bit, but uh, yeah, there weren't a lot of people to visit with, mm. and I 
and I would call the people out at Rapid that I worked with. But um, it was it was by trial and error and just sheer motivation. <laughs> Did you treat the boys different than the girls, or the girls no. different than the boys when it came to gymnastics and uh, you know motivation? No, no. and I had no assistance. I had like 45 boys and 50 girls. I had almost 100 kids and all those events, and I was by myself. And so um, maybe that's what helped me. But it was an extremely (laughs) disciplined program because it had to be, or otherwise I would have had bodies flying off the walls, you know. (laughs) Weren't you also the cheerleader coach? (laughs) Yeah, I had seven cheer squads. Oh, my goodness. So you were spread pretty thin there, Lolly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and taught full time. So, but you know, you didn't think much about it. You just did it. (laughs) You know, three years into being a teacher and a coach at Lincoln, President Nixon signed the Title IX Declaration, guaranteeing gender equity and equal access for women. What kind of debate was going on about Title IX before Nixon even signed it? Um, I have to be honest with you. I hadn't really heard that much about Title IX. Nobody really talked about it until it was actually enacted. And, you know, I suppose I read some things about it, but not a lot of talk. But it's it's kind of interesting that we're talking about Title IX because this year marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And uh, people are kind of talking about it again because of the 50 years. And I just know that to me, it was just exciting because I was on that ground level as a pioneer of something that I knew was going to be so much change for women in athletics. And uh, it was just kind of like a a quiet revolution taking place. (laughs) Uh, The once, you know, predominantly male environment in gymnasiums started to become invaded with females. And the, the excitement was just great. And you weren't expecting just everything to happen overnight. I remember just being elated over small things, like getting some quality time on on the main floor. Yeah, what was the transition like? How long did it take for that transition to maybe like it is today? Well, prior to Title IX, um, like my first year in 70, 71, 72, during those first three years, I remember making plenty of phone calls to peer, not requesting so much equality in the gymnasiums, but equality in competitions. Our girls wanted to belong to a conference. They wanted to have qualifying tournaments, being able to go to a state tournament. And that was the thing I remember I first really worked for, was trying to become sanctioned in the state. Once we became sanctioned, then you start working on with your individual schools trying to make things equal, like in locker room space and having equal time on floors and uniforms. I, we never had a warm up uniform for years. We wore uh, the girls' tracked sweats that they, they worked out in <laughs> for our warm ups. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> you know, but um, so that's basically what it was. We just wanted to be a part of the of a of a conference or a a region. So that's what I remember we first worked on. 
some folks uh, may not understand what Title IX is all about. Uh, Title IX, they're trying to get the same number of female athletes as male athletes in high school and in college, and it's a struggle. Football is is the is the big sport that kind of shifts that a little bit. If right. you could change or add one thing about Title IX, what would what would it be? It was all such a blessing for us. Mm-hmm everything that it brought forth for us that I never thought anything was bad about it. I can't think of anything I would change. Yes. I know that we, we, the numbers was a a big thing and uh, we always were looking at numbers and, you know, of course, once you got into uh, adding different, there's a lot of sports like, like now with cheer, for example, the number of girls in cheer competitive or sideline or, you know, the numbers just build on all of that. But back in the day, you remember, I, what I remember is not the numbers so much, but that if there were seven boys sports and then there had to be seven girls sports. So the number of sports that were offered. And uh, <clears throat> I don't remember talking so much about the number of kids, but that is truly one of the components of it. But yep. uh, we, 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 had, we had to have the same number of programs. Uh, I remember having to, in our physical education classes, we were given surveys, national surveys came out on Title IX that we had to give to our students in class that asked, do you feel in your school that girls are getting equal time on the gym floor or Hmm. getting equal uh, opportunities and so many different things? And these surveys had to be filled out and mailed back in. <clears throat> so I remember it was very pointed. They were, they were, we definitely had to be monitored and fill that out. And then it was all monitored in each school. Not only did they, the administration fill out forms, but the students were asked their opinions and filled out forms on it. So it was pretty detailed at the beginning. We're talking but, to Lolly Forseth of Sioux Falls, over 40 years involved with gymnastics and administration Uh, in South Dakota. You know, when the job of athletic director became available in 1996 at Lincoln, there were no female athletic directors in South Dakota. (laughs) How did you convince the folks at Lincoln that you were the person for the job? That basically came as a surprise also. (laughs) Um, I was out at Wyoming in the summer of 95 or four. I was uh, speaking at a coach's clinic and um, I got a phone call from Mark Miley, and he just presented it to me. He said, we talked to you four years earlier about becoming an athletic director, and you turned us down because you weren't ready to quit coaching. (laughs) And um, so we're presenting this with you now, and we'd like to know if you are interested in the athletic director job at Lincoln High School. And I said, well, my husband's back in Sioux Falls. I think that's something I need to talk to him about, too. (laughs) He says, well, when are you getting back? I said, well, we're leaving tomorrow, which was Saturday. And that's about an 11-hour drive from Laramie. And I said, he says, Sunday morning, I'll come over to your house. We'll talk about it. (laughs) What were you thinking on the way back from Laramie? Oh, you know what? A hundred things went through my mind. And, you know, a lot of it is self-doubt you sometimes have. You'd think, well, I knew I would be the first full-time female athletic director in the state and um, in one of the largest high schools in the state. 
And I thought, you know, are the men going to receive me as an equal or believe in the fact that I can help them with their athletic program that they're coaching? Uh, you know, if I have the knowledge or the ability. And so you start, I had those doubts, you know, is that going to be a large part of the job? Because I knew I could do the work. Work never scared me. I like to work. And uh, I wasn't afraid of learning the administrative side of things. So I got home. The first thing my husband said was, well, Lala, you've always loved a challenge. And he says, I think it's time you have a new challenge. So I guess that's what did it. And I accepted and that started the 11-year administrative career so has the athletic director job today in South Dakota high schools has it changed in any way since you were the AD at Lincoln you know I've been out for quite some time it's hard for me to answer that I just know that it was very challenging it was also um, very rewarding I always like to think of it that I used to be a coach of athletes, and I then felt like I am now the coach of coaches. That's awesome. And That's awesome. I'll just, I'll just try to motivate them in the same manner that I did the athletes I had the privilege of working with. And so that's basically how I started it. I probably ran a pretty strict program and discipline program. I guess I figured that out when they started calling me the general, but, <laughs> but, but I tried, to, but you I did tried to treat everybody the same. <laughs> um, I only had one experience that kind of blew me away in my first year. I had a, an athletic director from out of state call and wanted to schedule a basketball game. And um, I said my name and I said, athletic director and he said oh no ma'am I, I'd like to I don't want to talk to the secretary I would like oh. to speak to the athletic director <laughs> and I said sir you're talking to the athletic director you don't understand I don't need his assistant <laughs> or secretary I need the athletic director <laughs> and I just wanted to hang up <laughs> did you schedule but, it <laughs> um I think I did, but I don't quite remember. I just remember it just, it threw me for a loop because he didn't want to believe it. <laughs> but um, it was, it was a fun experience. I think the one thing that remains the same for sure are the hours. I don't know if people really understand the hours an athletic director or an athletic administrator puts in mm. because I, by day, you do an administrative job, especially after the first four years, we became assistant principals, athletic directors. So by day, you were in the main office and you did discipline and your scheduling. And so you did one job by day. By night, at three o'clock, it's like starting a second job because it was nothing to have three, four, five activities going on in, your, in our building on one night. And so as an activities director, you just don't have, I think when I left, I had 183 teams and clubs mm. and we were expected to represent all of them and be at all of them. Um, and so I, it was nothing to put in a 70 hour week. Mm. And, uh, I don't think that's I, changed too much, Lolly. I, I don't think that that's what no, I'm saying. No. I don't think that's changed a lot. That's the one thing that stayed. 
And to, you have to realize, well, basketball, you have four teams, you know, so, or you actually have five because you've got your varsity, your JV, your sophomore, and your ninth grade A and B. Mm-hmm. And same way with <laughs> girls basketball, boys basketball, football, you got all your levels, you know, you've got all your levels and all your sports. And now there's a ton of sports. There's even more from when I left. Plus you have a 400 member band. You have your choral, you have your debate, your drama, you're running all of those things. And then our hard part at Lincoln is I would have a basketball or volleyball match going on in the gym at Lincoln. And I'd have to run out to Howard Wood Field for a sophomore football game <laughs> because we couldn't, we didn't have games on our field. And there might be an orchestra concert going on too at the same time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, so, man. you know, you kind of were running in circles and, and, uh, of course, I like a lot, a little chaos. So that didn't bother me so much, but it just was a lot of hours. I know I was, I was tired a lot, you know. <laughs> you became the uh, athletic director at Sioux Falls Roosevelt for one year uh, yeah. in 2005. You know, after being in Lincoln for so long, what was it like being the Rough Rider AD when they would play Lincoln <laughs> in any sport? <laughs> you know, parents are parents. So it's, it's not a lot of difference. And you're basically working, I felt that, it was key for me right away to try to to learn who my key parents were for help because I came in in like October and um, you know you need help when you're running concessions and uh, you you know what your your booster clubs are vital to your program so uh, I needed to to get to know these people and they were very welcoming so it was it was really <laughs> nice I really enjoyed the fact that I had then spent time in as a either a teacher or an administrator in all three high schools then, you know, so that was kind of fun. And kids are kids. They're never different. The kids are wonderful to work with. And um, it's just, when you go to, everyone says, well, what are the kids like at that school? Well, I don't know. I never noticed a big difference. (laughs) It's all on how you approach it. I think. You're in uh, seven hall of fames. Uh, including the uh, Gymnastics Coaches Hall of Fame, South Dakota High School Coaches Hall of Fame, the South Dakota Sports Hall of Fame, National High School Coaches Association Hall of Fame. You're in the Washington High School Hall of Fame, and, of course, the Lincoln High School Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you, Lolly? Well, it's not done by yourself, that's for sure. Um, you know, you build programs with the, with the athletes you're working with and with the assistants you have. And um, I'm humbled by it. It's the most unbelievable. I don't know. I can't, can't express my gratitude for being honored like that. I'm just very humbled by it. But because it's not, you don't do it yourself. You know that. You don't do it yourself. Your your kids are a large part of it and your assistants. And yeah, it's just, I guess it was a thrill to be the first woman ever inducted into the um, South Dakota Coaches Hall of Fame. And I, you know, I like the fact that as a woman, I always tried to fight for, for a lot of things. And it, so that meant a lot, you know, to be the first woman. There are 29 teams in South Dakota high school gymnastics. What's the future hold for gymnastics here in this state? I often wondered, I, I thought, oh, are we going to be able to hold on? Are we going to be able to hold on to uh, our program? And because there's always... People are always saying, oh, gymnastics is going to die. But 
you know, I haven't looked at the numbers the last couple of years. I did follow it for several years after I got out, but the number of schools never really dropped, never really dropped. And in fact, this year now we've added Harrisburg and this past year, Harrisburg and, um, I don't know. I think P is real close to it. And we've, we've added some schools. Jefferson, you know? throw them in there too for this year. Jefferson yeah. will be, it hasn't died and there's still interest there. And we have a huge number of uh, young people that are doing gymnastics year round now. And so when you have that interest where they're working year round, I don't see where it's going to affect the high school program as far as, kids dropping out. Now you will have a few kids that are doing year round gymnastics in your um, private clubs. And they're of a caliber of a level 10 that uh, they may just choose to stay in their club sport year round, um, which is, is fine. But you have a large number of kids that do it for the interest of staying in shape and learning a few new moves off season that are trying to prepare just like any kid that going to a basketball camp or a football camp, they're, they're going to keep their body in shape for the upcoming season. So I don't know. I just think that we're on pretty solid ground yet. You're a coach of athletes and you've been a coach of coaches. What challenges are out there for today's college graduate who also wants to teach and coach and do it for a long time? Well, it would be an administrator's dream to find that individual that will come in and do it for the long term. And I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of times there's a lot of people that get into coaching and uh, they do it for 10, 15 years. And, uh, They've found some greener grass somewhere. Uh, I think that's been a real problem, keeping continuity. My era, when you, when you sign on to be a teacher and a coach, it wasn't just me. Almost all my peers did do the long haul. You know, the, the, the Lyle Pearsons and the Jerry Millers and the Verge Pollocks and the, uh, I, I could name the Max Hawks that went into the field and were going to be the best they could be to the end of their career. And they never thought of doing anything else. And I, I don't know why we will have some that will do that, but it's not going to be the numbers it used to be. If you have a passion for what you're doing and you have the support to do it, you can do anything. Um, that's absolutely right. No matter what the profession is. And, you know, I think it's really important that you have mentors that help you build that passion. You know, right now it's, it's hard. When I was early in coaching, I was so passionate about it. And I became passionate about professional organizations because I felt that was vital in what we did. So I became very involved in the South Dakota High School Coaches Association. And there were very few women in the 70s that took any leadership roles in that organization. Max Hawk, for some reason, pulled me aside and said, I have some things that I want you to take on. And, you know, he asked me to represent women's sports 
not only on the on the local and the state side, but on the level on the national level. And you know, he was he was a huge mentor for me. And through him, a lot of other mentors that spent their life educating other coaches on coaching. And um, you, you know, where you came to the summer clinics and you they were three days long and you you worked on things together and you became you became like a big family. And you know that just doesn't happen anymore. And I understand why. I understand why because now, in order for a team to be very competitive, the kids have to excel in their sport. So they go to sport-specific clinics, mm-hmm. and when they go to sport-specific clinics, that's where their coaches go. And I understand that to stay competitive. I'd probably be doing the same thing <laughs> in my day. When we started building all this, you didn't have sports-specific camps. And um, there were very few. You might have a basketball one here, or but there were few. All the coaches went to South Dakota High School Coach Association Clinic for three days. Up in Aberdeen, and yep. Aberdeen, yep. and it was in Brookings before that. And, you know, you learned so much, but you bonded. And you talked about, I remember being a young coach and being able to say, what would you do in this situation? And, and I have so many kids at this event and I can't get through them. How do you get more kids through on balance being practice? Blah, blah, blah. You just brainstormed and you, you mentored each other. And, you know, it's just, it's just a different time now. And I understand what they're doing now. It's just different. When's the last time uh, you were at Lincoln High School and went over and looked at the uh, championship trophies of gymnastics from the time that you were there? Have you done it recently? No, no, no. They're still there, you know, Lolly. Are they? <laughs> you know, I when my husband passed away, he was such a supporter of Lincoln, and they always said he would, if you cut him, he'd bleed red, white, and blue. He never missed a game I was at or an event, even as an AD. If I was working it, he was there. (laughs) And um, when he passed away, all of the memorials that came in, we had enough to, we built, we added on to that beautiful trophy case over there now, you know, and um, and it says in in memory of Dale Forseth. So you talk about that trophy case, it almost brings tears to my eyes. But I haven't looked at my trophies, but I do look for his name plaque. And I go up the stairs. And there's a big sign that says, make it happen today in memory of Dale Forsyth. Because he used to put stickers on my mirror in the morning if I was having a down week with the team or something. He'd say, just make it happen today. (laughs) So, good memory. In Play with Craig Mavic, made possible by the exclusive support of Lake Area Technical College. It is you. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us gain new listeners. This has been In Play with me, Craig Maddock. This is a production of South Dakota Public Broadcasting.